All right, we are live with another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. This is Pat Lane along with Matt St. Jean. Matt, how you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing great. It's uh, another week. Got joint practices this week. So mm-hmm. things are starting to ramp up. I love it. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait. Panthers coming in, of course. Uh, and uh, let me tell you something. It's going to be awfully interesting because Mac Jones made a lot of headlines last night. It's sort of Matthew Judon, but Mac Jones made a lot of headlines last night debuting at number 85 on the NFL's top 100 list. Uh, now, listen, is this the biggest deal in the world? No. Do I think that Mac Jones is now unquestionably a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Because No. But I do think it's pretty hysterical how pissed off everyone was that he made number 85. And it was just it was I, I love drinking the tears of the haters. It was great. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, especially, I mean, he had a, a really, really good season, but people like to point to, oh, he couldn't throw the ball in Buffalo in that windy game, or the, the same criticisms that people made of Tom are going to bring out against Mac, too. He's a system quarterback. He wasn't that good. And is he a top 10 quarterback? Probably not. But you don't have to be a top 10 quarterback to be in the top 100. You add on the fact that he's likable. You, if anybody hasn't seen the, the little three-minute video they put out about him, Go watch that because the mic'd up clips in it alone are worth worth watching it. And the yeah. way he interacts with everybody else, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's no, great. It's great. And, you know, and it was it, with that three minute video, right? There was a few Patriots at the beginning. And I'm like, that's interesting. But then you had Jerry Judy, you had Braxton Berrios and you had Demario Davis, I think, in there as well. So, you know, guys that guys that played against him this year. Right. Well, I, Jerry Judy didn't, but was obviously his college teammate and knows about him and stuff. And so it, it's one of those things for me that I just look at it and think, OK, like. You know, he has some he has some pull around the league. Now, remember, this is voted on by the players and people can you know take it with a grain of sand. And we'll talk about we'll talk about some of the I know you have a lot of context from from uh, previous years and I have a little bit from this year, too. So, you know, we could talk about how this list isn't necessarily 100 percent accurate, but it still does show what people around the league think about him. And I think that that's important. Yeah. And kind of building that reputation. Um, in today's day and age, I think is more important than ever too, because if you're a quarterback, you can throw your weight around and get people to come to your team in free agency, having yep. a personality that people like, people like playing with you, it always matters. Um, the thing that stood out to me in that clip, and I forgot about this, but from the Pro Bowl, Mac threw yeah. a touchdown to Deontay Johnson, comes up to him after and he goes, you know why I threw it to you? It's because you were the one actually running on routes in practice at the Pro Bowl. Like he's yeah, bringing that energy. That's that's the kind of winning energy that we kind of always talked about as the Patriot way in New England. And if you're bringing that to the Pro Bowl, other players are going to notice and want to play with you. 100%. 100%. And that's, you know, and that's what everyone kind of said about Mac going into it. And, uh, and listen, last year, I was extremely critical of Mac Jones last year before the draft, right? Pre-draft and DJ Bean, who's who hates everything Patriots basically at this point, but uh, you know, he's just, it's just a narrative at this point. Like that's what you have to do to break into Boston media. We are, we are different than, than the majority of the mainstream Boston media because we're positive. We're not negative. You have to be overly negative to be a member of the Boston media. Why? Well, that's a good question because that's what people want to hear. Yikes. That says a lot about the Boston viewer that that's what people want to hear. They want to hear that negativity. They don't want to hear the positivity. They want to hear the negativity. So we appreciate you guys listening to us because we try to keep it real. I don't, I can't pretend to be fake. Some of these guys might actually feel that way, but I can't pretend this is how I feel. So sometimes I'm going to be pissed off at the team and, and, you know, and say they suck and say they did a bad job. And sometimes you're going to say, Hey, they did a great job. And you know, that's just the way it's going to be. But anyways, 
get, getting away from that. Pre-draft with Mac Jones, my biggest concern was that he was Tom Brady. That was my biggest concern. And I looked at it and said, well, okay, you were Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. You were successful with him for 20 years. Now you're going to draft like his clone? Like, like I, how could that possibly work out? Like, I just don't, you know what I mean, man? Like, yeah, and it's, and, like, it's like if you make a movie and it's successful, so you just copy and paste the plot for the sequel, it always bombs right. in the box office. That was right. kind of my concern too. Exactly, exactly. And that was 100% my thing was like, okay, but he can't possibly have the work ethic that Brady had and he can't possibly have the people skills that Brady had and he can't possibly be the leader that Brady was. And so, and he's not yet, right? But like, you know, to see some of the stories that come out and to hear some of the stuff that people say about him, you start to look at that and say, okay, well, this is like the same type of stuff that we've been talking about that we want out of our quarterback. And he brings that. Now, he doesn't have the rushing upside that, you know, Trey Lance brings. And he doesn't have the the arm strength upside that, you know, that other guys bring. But he has a lot of these things. And, and again, he gets respect around the league because of that. And so that's what you're seeing here. You know, does that mean that, you know, he's going to be amazing? He made the Pro Bowl last year. But, like, there's an asterisk with that, right? Like, he was, like, the seventh quarterback in the AFC. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, whatever. He made the Pro Bowl, sure, but after, like, four guys backed out, you know? Like, but whatever. He still made the Pro Bowl, you know? So, good for him. But it's one of those things for me that I just look at and say, like, hey, listen, it's one year. One year, right? And you have a lot of, like, these crazy, like, the context from from the history, I think, is really fascinating because the history of this list is really interesting to look at, you know? I think, at least. Yeah, and um, I want to I want to get into that, but just touching on what you said real quick about it being his first year, like there was a lot of stink about Mac Jones being ahead of Kirk Cousins on this list, right? If they are roughly in the same tier as quarterback, and one is doing it as a rookie with a worse supporting cast, and the other one's doing it as a longtime vet in this league, I think one of those deserves more praise yep. than the other one. This list isn't supposed to be perfect. It's going to be a blend of all kinds of perspectives on what it means, how good you were last year, how good you'll be next year, the context of the situation, all of that. So sometimes it's going to be a little bit weird, but I don't think it's crazy to think that one person should be higher than another if they're doing it with less experience. Yeah. But you mentioned the context of this list. I was going back. Uh, Mac obviously didn't win Offensive Rookie of the Year, but he was in that conversation, except for what Jamar Chase did. He would have been that guy. And so I went and looked at some other offensive rookies of the year. One that stood out to me, Dak Prescott. He won offensive rookie of the year, went to the pro bowl. You want to know where he debuted in the list? 14. Aaron Donald was at 15. That's where they did. So, I mean, it's, I think guys kind of get inflated, but also NFL players realize, Hey, you could be a rookie. and still be a really, really good NFL player. And if you're a quarterback, you're going to get a little extra bump on top of that. Yeah, I mean that's unbelievable. Having Dak debut at 14 is just is insanity. And again, over over Aaron Donald, and this is, of course is before Aaron Donald won, you know, nine straight Defensive Player of the Years. But still, you know, it's kind of like wow, okay. So and and I think you know my context from this list, and again, where you take it with a grain of salt, okay. OBJ was number nine in those list. OBJ. Now this isn't the top hundred players from 2021. This is the top 100 players of 2022. OBJ is going to miss like three quarters of the season. He's a free agent right now. He hasn't signed anywhere. And he's the 90th best player on the list. What? Okay. Fine. Kyle Pitts, number 91. That's interesting. Kyle Pitts had a good year. He had a good year. 
but he's a tight end who didn't really do a ton last year. He showed some flashes, but he didn't do a ton last year. Fine. The craziest one on the on the list, as far as I'm concerned, the one that makes the least amount of sense on the list is Cordell Patterson checks in this year at number 73 on the list. 73. Now, this guy had, listen, I had him on multiple fantasy teams. He brought me to the playoffs in multiple fantasy teams. He was fantastic. Last year, he was great. He was running back. He was wide receiver, did everything. And the Falcons have basically just tried to replace him all offseason. He's not their starting running back, or maybe he is, but they don't want him to be. So it's just, it's one of those things where, like, I just, like, I get it, okay? Maybe we're a little bit upset about that. Fine. But what? Like, come on, dude. He's 85. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And then you see some of these ones. The Patterson one, again, sticks out the most. But OBJ, who's not even playing this year? It's like it's like when Yao Ming made the made the uh, All-Star game when he hadn't played a game. You know, it's like, come on, dude. Like, let's get serious. It's just a little popularity contest. Yeah, and if you want to talk other quarterbacks, another one I was just looking at, Kyler Murray. He started at 90. That's where Odell is this year. He was Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's a great comparison. And yeah, I'd rather have Mac Jones than Cordero Patterson for my team next year. If we're doing the special teams angle, Matthew Slater should have been in this list for a long time. Right. Um, and I, lo- I love Cordero Patterson. He was a huge part of the 2018 Patriots. He's a really versatile player. He does a lot well. I'd argue he's probably one of the best kind of utility role players in the NFL. Does that guy belong in the top 100? I'm not sure. Right. Well, what's interesting about it is that if he could get the usage that he had last year, the full usage that he had last year, I could see it. I could see it. Mm-hmm. But when the Falcons, the team that you have, are actively trying to replace you, I don't know how you make an argument that he's in the top 100, right? Like, if if I could look at it again and say, yep, no, they're committed to him and they want him to do this and they thought that he was great at it and they're going to keep – but that's not – all the reports out of Atlanta is that they're trying to replace him as the as the starting running back. So it's like, okay, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that just doesn't – it doesn't make any sense, you know? I don't mind Kyle Pitts being where he was. I, I'm a huge Kyle Pitts fan, and I think that's also kind of buying into the the ceiling that he has a yeah. little bit. And Odell makes sense because he, I mean, there's the injury issue there. I think he's one of those guys that when he's healthy and on the field, he can make that impact. Right. This is also rankings by the players. It's a well, popularity contest. People 100%. like Odell. Like he's just he's yeah. one of those guys that's outside of uh, a certain quarterback. Basically, everybody he's played with, he's gotten along with. So right. uh, you no, make that I kind agree. of an impact, and you're going to get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, so Sasha's saying this here, that uh, Bill's fans need to be more upset that Miller was ranked lower than Judon. Judon's 52, which I thought was I thought was pretty good for Matthew Judon. And, you know, being Von Miller being lower than him, which, by the way, I think is the right, is the right call. Mm-hmm. Von Miller was fine last year for the Rams. He turned it up in the playoffs, but he was fine last year for the Rams. He's going to Buffalo this year, so we'll kind of see where that where that takes him. But Matthew Judon obviously, you know, slowed down the stretch. Uh, I don't know if COVID's really stuck with him, if the injury couldn't get over, if he was, you know, still hampered with an injury. I'm not sure what was going on. If he, he was played a lot last year, too. A lot of well, stuff. that's the other part of it, too, right? Was that, you know, was his win not there? I don't know. But the first, you know, two-thirds to three-quarters of the season, he was unstoppable. He was dominant. He was the best player in their defense, and they had a good defense. So, like, I can certainly see why he's on the list where he is. Um, you know, that's going to be fascinating. I would assume he's the last Patriots on the list. It's going to be interesting to see where J.C. Jackson lands. 
Of course, he's a San Diego, not San Diego, Los Angeles <laughs> Charger now. Um, and so, you know, he won't count as a Patriots. But again, he's going to end up, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up top 20, top 25 um, for JC yeah. Jackson. But but I would assume that Judon is probably the last on the list. But I think very well deserved that he's at 52, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, where did Vaughn finish? You know what? I am not even sure. Hold on. I'm going no. to check that because yeah. that, yeah, yeah. keep going. But- I think Vaughn is a, a better pure pass rusher, like edge pass rusher than Judon. I think Judon's a little bit more versatile just at this point in his career. Um, and it's really a difference of styles there. Vaughn has a couple moves that he likes to throw in. Vaughn Miller, number 93 on the list. Oh, okay. That's yeah. pretty low. Yeah, I That's don't know surprising. if they, they shouldn't have that big of a difference between those two players. Because I think right. Judon and Vaughn Miller are comparable. They just make their impacts in different ways. Right. Judon's a little bit more of a power rush at this point. I think he can come inside a little bit more. Um, yeah, that is really surprising. That, that That's Judon really strange. Well, he was, so he was at 26 in 2020. And I think in 2021, uh, he was not on the list at all in 2021. So, which is interesting. Now, he missed all of 2020 with an ankle injury, then 2021. Um, that's... That's really surprising to me. Yeah, the the injuries, I can see why with the injuries, he'd kind of get dropped and kind of fall out of the conversation. But Von Miller can still do a lot well. I'm not looking forward to having to go up against him two no. or three times a year. I mean, he had nine and a half sacks last year, which I mean, obviously split between the two places, and it's not even counting what he did in playoffs. So, like, you know, I find it hard to, to fathom that he's at 93. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Judon at 52, I like that. Maybe a little high for him, but he was a really impactful player. And um, I think also in some ways that's almost representative of the defense because there's a lot of guys on that defense that aren't going to get top 100 but are still really good. Like right. Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty, probably both fit into that. Um, Devon Gad- Godshaw, greatest defensive lineman in the league, not going to be in this top 100. No, he is not. But I feel like this defense is a lot of guys who'd be in that like 101 to 200 range. Yeah. And they might be kind of incorporating that into the vote. It's like, all right, Judon's the defensive rep for the Patriots. Right. Yeah. Did you see oh, where Judon put it? Do you see where he ranked himself? No. What did he say? Uh, second, only behind Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You got to be confident. You got to be confident. I love it. You know, all these guys are ranking themselves in the top five. All of them are, you know, like that's how they feel and they should. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, if you can't have that confidence, then I don't want you on my team. You got to. Exactly. Yeah. I I also thought it was funny. Everybody, all the the other players were talking about his red sleeves. Uh, There's a clip. It might have been Jonathan Taylor coming up to him after a game saying he loved the look. Um, Yeah. I actually have a Judon jersey with a red undershirt. That's my, that's that's my game day look. I had to get it. It's just iconic. You got to. It's fantastic. Well, that was uh, was it Donovan Mitchell? Was it Mitchell that was saying that red sleeves out there balling? I'm pretty sure it was Donovan Mitchell, who was like, "Oh, red sleeves out there balling again," and he didn't even know who Judon was, but he just knew the red sleeves, you know. And so, like, Damn. it became it became a way to kind of showcase it and yeah. and make them stick out. And you have to do something that is going to make you stand out from other people, and especially when you're playing well. I mean, if you if you suck, then of course it, it looks bad. But if you're playing well. Then you look at it and say, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you get, you know, who's this guy with red sleeves on, right? Like, it, like it, it, people notice it, right? So, uh, and getting noticed in a good way is always a good thing, you know? So, 
I appreciate right, so somebody that watches film too. It makes it so much. It's yes, like it one guy. I don't have to look for the number. All right. That's Judon. Right. You can see him in the widest angle. Exactly. No right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Before we move on, cause we're going to move on to, uh, to some stuff. We get some stuff. We're both traveling this week. Um, I'm, I'm taking the kids up to New, to New Hampshire, going to Storyland, a little Santa's village action, you know, hanging out, uh, trying to hold on to the last, last piece of summer that we got. But anyways, uh, so we're not going to meet this week. So we'll, we'll talk about kind of uh, joint practices and, and what we're looking for in the, in the preseason game on Friday. But before we get into that, who do you think is going to be the number one player on the list? Overall? Overall. Man, I'm not going to be shocked if it's Josh Allen. I think it's got to be Allen or Mahomes. I do think Donald, Aaron Donald could get it after the Super Bowl. Yeah. I feel like it's got to be one of those three. I mean, that's the right answer. It's got to be one of those three to me uh, because, you know, Donald was so good in the Super Bowl, right? And, and of course, you know, gets them there and, and does all that stuff and is the best defensive player in the league and blah, 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 blah. To me, though, it's Josh Allen. And the reason why is because I think people recognized what he did last year. And, of course, Mahomes at the 13 seconds and brings him down. And it was unbelievable. But, like, to me, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of buzz around Allen this year, a lot of buzz, and a lot more than there is around Mahomes, especially since Mahomes now loses Tyree Kill and so on and so forth. So um, I really think it's going to be Josh Allen. It could be Aaron Donald. It could be Aaron Donald. Um, Donald was two last year. Mahomes was one. Right, right. So I, I actually think that it would make a lot of sense if it were like it's – I would think the top three would be those three guys, right? So whether it be, you know, Allen, Donald, Mahomes or – Donald Allen Mahomes or whatever. I think Allen should be ahead of Mahomes, in my opinion. I don't know if he will or not, but that's that's what I think should happen. So uh, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, you know, do I don't you think, think there's a wrong answer? With I don't him. think so either. Do you think the reigning MVP gets into the top five? That'd be Aaron Rodgers, of course, not Tom Brady, who should have been the MVP. I, I guess I'll ask you that for, question. I forgot Where, that Aaron Rodgers was the MVP last year with all the the. Ayahuasca stuff and Devonte <laughs> Adams and losing to San Francisco. I completely right. forgot about all that. Yeah, I have no idea where he's going to rank. He was he was three last year, yeah, four last year. Mm, um, it might have been four. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Oh, he was three. Derrick Henry was four. Travis okay. Kelsey was five last year, which I have no memory of. Uh, he's Sorry. not going to be near that this year. But yeah, Rodgers will probably still end up top five, top ten at the worst. Yeah. And Brady probably the same. I, I would think Rodgers and Brady should be around the same spot. And what Brady did last year is so incredibly stupid. You know what he? I I remember, I remember writing, and I mentioned it on either on here or on a different podcast I was on. I wrote an article, one of the one of the first articles I wrote when I first started writing for the first site that I was writing for was talking about Tom Brady going to his year forty one season four years ago, and how nobody in the history of the NFL had even had a halfway decent year 41 season. Like, you know, at 40, Warren Moon made the made the Pro Bowl at 40. But, like, he that did. Was, that's, that's it, like, right. for anybody and that's that that's the only thing. And at 41, no one had ever had an even halfway decent season at 41. And Brady now is going into his year 45 season and he probably should have won MVP last year in his year 44 season. So what he's done is 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 literally never been done before in NFL history. So it's pretty unbelievable. And so, you know, in my opinion, he's top five at the worst top 10. But I would think him and Rodgers will be around the I'd same put, area, I would think. I'd put Brady at four. 
I also think there's a lot of good wide receivers in the NFL yeah. this year and the top uh, top 20. I think there's going to be a lot of receivers in that. Maybe they don't get into the top five, but I think Jamar Chase probably ends up debuting top 20. Justin Jefferson's mm-hmm. going to be up there. Uh, Devonte Adams. Uh, we'll see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins, but right. Cooper Cup. I mean, he yep. got the triple crown last year. He could yeah, be a yeah. top five guy. I mean, it's there, there's a lot of those. Um, and then just bringing this full circle back to Mac, there's a lot of quarterbacks we haven't seen yet. A right. lot of guys who are going to be up there. So, I mean, he's at 85 and he's still behind some some good quarterbacks. He's behind guys that people don't consider top 10 quarterbacks. Right. 100%. And I think that that's the, that's the thing to remember. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, eight to 10 quarterbacks in that top 50. Um, you know, and it may not get all the way to 10, but I think you could make a case for 10 of them. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll happen or not. It'd be interesting to see if Jalen Hurts, I know you were saying that you don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be there and he probably won't be, but his running numbers alone, what he was able to do statistically last year. I don't know. I don't know. And you mentioned Jerry Judy, how he had played with Mac before at Alabama. There's an Alabama brotherhood. So anybody that played there is going to get a little bit of a bump from people that played with them. Uh, previously true. in the the Pats Giants game between players and coaches there were 17 Alabama connections foolish I love <laughs> it I love it so all right let's move away from the top 100 list and let's go into joint practices week of course Patriots practice today which is uh, Monday they will also be practicing on Tuesday and Wednesday these will be joint practices with the Panthers now they practice today in shells because like it was day one and also because they're playing in full pads the next two days I'm curious to see how hard they go after it these two days. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing that because we haven't seen Mac Jones or any of the starters outside of Cole Strange play against an actual NFL defense. And the Carolina Panthers bring, they're not very good. I know they're not very good, but they do have a ton of speed, a ton of speed on both sides of the ball. So, it is going to be an interesting test for the Patriots that they've tried to build this new offense and defense really for speed. And now you're playing a team with a ton of speed. It's going to be interesting to see how they hold up. Yeah. And I look like Brian Burns one, obviously he and the Patriots now have a little bit of history after last season, but that's going to be a test for this offensive line. Um, Hopefully they're able to hold up. I also, uh, we have, they have to make cuts by tomorrow, right? Yep. Which and I think I it's think tomorrow so. at three. So theoretically, they could practice and then make cuts after the practice. Yeah, I think it's interesting. There's just uh, the people absent from practice today. Um, Malcolm Butler, Cody Davis, Jawan Williams, Bill Murray, Justin Haran, and Isaiah Wynn. None of those guys out there. They need to cut, I think, one, I two. Think two guys. Because they picked they, up uh, defensive Wofford, back. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Names escaped me. He played at Tarleton State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, Walford, what the hell is his name? Yeah, Walford, something like that. Yeah, um, who I think had been with the team previously, but he had. Yeah, I look at that list of people that are absent, and there's names on that list that could absolutely be in first cuts. I think Jawan mm-hmm. Williams could. Absolutely. Oh, Jawan's gone. Yeah, yeah. I, he's not making this team. It's the question of right. do they decide to cut him now? If they're signing a defensive back, it leads me to think potentially. Right. Um, Malcolm Butler being out, I think, is interesting. He's the type of guy who I think if they realized early on he's not going to make the roster, I think they'd cut him early to give him mm-hmm. the chance to go somewhere else or if he's going back to retirement. Um, so I don't think he's a cut 
but I do think it's notable he's not there. And then I mean, yeah. Bill Murray is the guy who's switching positions. If he doesn't stick, then that's not something crazy. A Haran and a win dealing with injuries. I don't think we have to worry about either of them being cut here. But Right. No, I agree. And the other part of it for me, right, is that the Butler thing is interesting, right? I was talking to someone about this the other day. Malcolm Butler can compete like he always has. He's always competed. The question is, does he have the speed to be able to play in the middle of the field, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was going up and high-pointing balls against Devontae Parker. He's got no business doing that, but he his compete level is at a million, so he can do that. The question is, does he have the speed to stick with wide receivers throughout the throughout the entirety of the field? And we haven't really seen him be asked to do that, so I don't know if he can or not still. And so that's going to be the biggest question with him. The Isaiah Wynn stuff is driving me insane. It's just, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, Yodney could just, is at right tackle again, and Wynn just cannot stay healthy. And so, you know, you obviously can't cut him. His, his contract is guaranteed. So, like, he's here. Unless they're unless they trade him, but he's here, right? Haran, though, on the other hand, gets passed by Yodnik Just, you know, Haran seems like he's on the way out. And Bill Murray, man, I'll tell you, that guy, you know, he may not make this team, right? Because he's not good enough necessarily. But it is not gonna is not gonna be because anyone outworked him. He, you know, if you watch that preseason game again, every time he's on the field. He's running to the ball. So if a running back runs out and they, you know, they run a sweep or something like that, get tackled on the sideline, he's on the sideline with them, tapping him on the back, jogging back to the huddle with him. If a wide receiver caught a pass, he's downfield with the wide receiver, tapping him on the back, jogging back to the huddle with him. That's just what he does. And he brings that energy every single time. And to me, you love to see that from him. I mean, shoot, he's willing to switch from defensive line to offensive line. He just wants to make the team wants to stick around. So he's a guy for me that while he may not make the roster, I would love to see him here on the practice squad, you know, as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if he if he were. But again, he may not make the he may not make the the team. But if he's on if he's going to be on the practice squad, that would mean that they they would probably hold him until the end. Right. Um, because Great. you know you don't want to cut him now and then you lose him right to someone else who's just if sitting around for for two or three weeks. You know, yeah. If you're if they are cutting him now, it's because he really has been that bad in practice, and despite right. the effort, it's just it's just not going to work out for him. Yeah, yeah. No. So we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see. But I think that this is going to be a really good test for them. Um, you know, certainly their offensive line. And again, if it's if it's just at right tackle, it's just at right tackle. Whatever. Like it doesn't matter. We just have to figure it out because I can't keep doing this. I can't keep playing this game with Isaiah Wynn where he's hurt. He's not hurt. He's hurt. He's not hurt. He's playing good. He's not playing well. He's like, it just is driving me crazy, right? And so like, it's it's incredibly frustrating. That's the right word. You know, it's just like give me something because like we're getting nothing from you and it's driving me insane. Yeah. Looking way ahead here. I don't think there's a a way in the draft next year. The Patriots don't end up taking a tackle just with the way that situation has gone out. But yeah, I I also think it's interesting with no Butler today, they still have Jonathan Jones at outside corner. So your starting corner group, I think is Mills, Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones in the slot, which I know we had kind of talked about Jonathan Jones as a potential cap casualty. Right now, he's looking like a guy who can play inside corner, outside corner, and safety and right. special teams. So if that's the case, he's not going anywhere. Um, and, and I would also guess 
the fact that he he and Marcus Jones didn't play in the preseason game and you saw Malcolm Butler and Terrence Mitchell both playing, only one of those two guys is probably on this roster if that's yeah. how they're feeling about him, if they're really trying to play him. And I liked what I saw from Terrence Mitchell too. Yeah, he he's competitive. He's another guy. He's he's an ultra competitive guy. Plays the ball well. Has pretty good ball skills. Like he, you know, he's physical at the line. Like I like him, I, and so I like them both. I like Butler and and Mitchell. So it's hard to choose between them. Um, but I do think the thing with the thing with John Jones and Marcus Jones, what they bring you is speed, mm-hmm. right? And you start against the Bills where you just can't keep up with these guys, right? Well, week one, you're playing Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So it's like now you're looking at you know if if uh, if Breda is healthy then you're playing no Breda's not there it's uh Mostert right if Mostert's healthy then you got another fast running back coming out of the backfield so you need as much speed as humanly possible on the field at once certainly when you're playing someone like the Dolphins and so you know you just you have to have that right and so playing John Jones and Marcus Jones at the same time gives you that speed and I think the Patriots are happy with that and they like that. And again, I think they're going to be playing more zone than they have in years past. And because of that, you don't necessarily like John Jones is a good corner. He's not a number one outside lockdown corner. He's just not. That's not who he is. But if you're telling him to play a zone, well, he might be able to do that a little bit better than he can, you know, stick on on, you know, uh, say Stefan Diggs's hip and cover him one on one. That's just not happening, right? Yeah. But if he's playing a zone, he's got the speed and instincts and and knows and, and knowledge and smarts really to play that zone well, right? And so yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense uh, when you start looking at the defense they might be playing this year. And if they're going to be asking him to play cover three or cover four zones, those are ones that you need the outside corners to be able to drop back and play. Right deep in the field and Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills are both guys who can absolutely do that. If you're playing a cover three and you have McCordy, Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills as kind of your three deep guys, you're going to be in all right shape. You're not going right. to have the best defense in the NFL or anything, but I think we're looking at the offense is able to figure it out. The offense should be good. The defense just needs to hold it together. Right. And I think right. they'd be capable. You also talk about week one with all the speed that the Dolphins bring. You got Mike Gesicki, who's a really mm-hmm. good kind of threat inside the numbers and a guy who you can move around. Um, the Patriots will have to probably have some kind of a matchup answer for him. That might be Kyle Duggar's responsibility for the game. And if yep. that's the case, you're also going to be asking a lot more of your corners, and that speed will really become a factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great point, too. You know, and so uh, you're looking for guys to take a step forward. Of course, you're looking for, you know, Duggar, I think, to continue to, to progress and become that guy who you can say, there's Mike Gusecki, shut him down. Okay, I can do that, right? So, like, that's the type of thing that you're looking for him to to do this year. He has struggled on and off in camp with that a little bit, right? He's gotten worked a few times by Hunter Henry and John Smith, but, you know, it doesn't mean he can't do it. It just means that they're coaching him up and trying to have him figure it out. So, um, so we'll see kind of how that goes. They do have a lot of safeties. They got a lot of safeties that can play that role now, too. So, um, so it's going to be interesting to see if maybe if Duggar can't do it, maybe I don't think Adrian Phillips can necessarily do it, but maybe Josh Bloods can do it. Maybe Jabil Peppers can do it. Right. So like, so that's, that's the other part of it where you can look at it and say like, okay, maybe there's a guy in there that can do it even if Duggar can't. Right. So, um, and maybe Duggar is, is best suited as a Jamal Adams type where he's, you know, blitzing all the time and playing the run and doing those things. And if that's the case, 
I think he's still a valuable piece for you. He's just not that, you know, lockdown coverage guy that uh, that maybe you'd hope he would be, right? So, uh, know, you know. Uh, yeah. I know Robert Mays and Nate Tice over at the Athletic, the Athletic Football Pod, they were raving about uh, Duggar, and they really think he's going to take that leap in coverage this year to become one of those guys. So that's one of those things that takes a while to develop. So. Right, right. Um, Especially coming yeah. from D2, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a huge jump. And I mean, even for corners, it usually takes a two or three years to really make the adjustment. So right. hopefully we can see that from Duggar this year. I mean, he's a guy who could very well be in the top 75 of this list when we're talking next year. It's certainly possible. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And then people would be even more upset, I'm sure. But um... add on Barmore in there, maybe. And <laughs> I know. Well, the, the thing with Barmore is that, you know, he's never going to get on that list unless it becomes a situation where he is dominant inside, right? He's got to put up those sack numbers. He's got to be disruptive consistently. Um, and I think he did a pretty good job of that last year, but just not enough, right? He he's got to get that recognition. Right. He didn't, really when did he is. get his first sack? He didn't get his first sack for like 10 or 12 weeks, I think. Yeah. I think, see, the thing is, is that pressures matter. And, you know, coaches will tell you this. Pressures matter almost as much as sacks do. And he had a decent amount of those. He just never really had a sack. And so, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was just unlucky more than anything else. And that's and that's 100% true, right? Sometimes he'll force a guy one way and he'll get sacked by someone else, right? So, like, you know, it just kind of is what it is. But at the same time, if you want to make a list like that, you got to put up the numbers, right? So uh, I think he has the potential certainly to do that. So we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah. all right. So, lastly, Friday night is, is uh, game two. Obviously, Carolina still. What are you hoping for? Do you think we see any of the starters play in that game? Uh, and what what are you looking to? Uh, what do you what are you going to be looking for on Friday night? I do think we're going to see the starters. I would anticipate, uh, unless things look seriously awful this week in joint practices. Uh, if you can do a joint practice and be going full speed against each other, you can do it under the lights before right. a game. So I think we. I think. Over the next two weeks, we probably see two or three combined quarters from the starters. Um, out of them, one, I just I want to see Mac looking comfortable with the offense. I'd like to see him actually having a little bit of time in the pocket and being able to adapt to some of the new stuff they're doing, see it in real time. I want to see how this defense looks when it is the starters out there. I want to see a glimpse of Barmore. Um, I want to see how they align the secondary when it is Jalen Mills out there. What kind of looks are we seeing? It's been vanilla for the most part. I don't think we're seeing. Um, I mean, we're not. It's not the Giants. It's not going to be blitzing 15 times in a preseason right. game. We're yeah. not going to get anything that exotic. But we might get a taste of how much man or zone, or at least where they want to align guys on the field. Um, and yeah, I want to get more of a an idea of where these second stringers are going to fit in the mold because. Like last week, we saw uh, Brendan Schooler. Is that how you say it? Yep. Doing yep. a lot of stuff because Cody Davis wasn't out there. He was kind of filling that role. All right. Now that Cody Davis is out there, can Brendan Schooler find a role? How much time is he going to get? Because you might not be able to keep both of them. Right. Right. Ah, that's a great point. I like that. And that's, I mean, that's really what I'm looking at too. I'm also looking at the wide receivers because mm -hmm. you've gotten to a point now and look, yeah, okay, fine. The wide receivers, on, it's not the best wide receiving core in the league, but you got guys that can play. You got guys that can play. So you're going to have to either move on from one of them or someone's going to have to get hurt or something, or someone's going to have to then separate themselves from the pack. So you got Trey Nixon, you got little Jordan Humphrey, and you got Christian Wilkinson. 
Can one of those guys separate themselves from the pack where you're saying that guy is significantly better than the other two, right? And you talk to people and they feel differently. Well, you know, Trey looks really good in, in, in April and in spring ball, and he was the best player on the field or best wide receiver on the field, you know, mm-hmm. out of those three. Well, you know, Wilkerson got open a lot in the in the preseason game, and so, you know, maybe he's that guy. Well, little Jordan Humphrey, you know, had a nice touchdown catch and was open underneath. So, like, they haven't separated themselves in any way yet, right? Mm-hmm. So can one of those guys separate themselves from the pack so that we can look at it and say, uh-huh, yep, no, that's the guy that we want who's better than the other two, right? Because they can't yeah. keep all three. They probably can keep one of them, probably, right? Depending on what they decide to do with Aguilar, they can probably keep one of them. You would assume that some sort of trade is coming to to move at least one of those guys out of town because you would think that those guys are good enough to make an NFL roster, right? Now, maybe not maybe not a guy like Trey Nixon or maybe even not a guy like Christian Wilkerson, but Lil Jordan Humphrey was on the Saints last year and, and did okay. So, like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. So let's see if one of those guys can can separate themselves and then let's see if if then the Patriots try to make a move. Yeah, I think another part of that, too, is presumably there's going to be more than one tight end playing in the game this week. Right which means we'll get a little bit more diversity with formations probably. And we'll get to figure out, all right, if they have two tight ends on the field, let's say it's the starting offense, which receivers are starting because you could really pick any two of the top four guys in a depth chart and make an argument for it. Uh, So that'll give us an idea of where they see it. If they come out there and it's two tight ends with Aguilar and Parker as the starters, well, maybe they're not trading Aguilar. They think he's a starting receiver right off the bat. And they're not, they're probably not moving him. Uh, Either that or they're trying to, hype up his usage for right. a trade it right. could be it could be that as well um but how how often they go with the two tight end stuff how effective that is is also going to indicate how many receivers they want to keep or how many tight ends was it going to be Sokol, Asiasi, Keen being the the third tight end on this roster right yeah that's, that's going to be really interesting to find out as well uh I I'm still of the opinion that you keep two tight ends I just don't there's no one on that roster that makes it that I look at and say, nope, got to have that guy because there are other guys that I'd rather have, you know, I'm not cutting, I'm not keeping Devin Asiasi, which is then going to force me to cut Trey Nixon or which is then going to force me to cut Christian Wilkerson or is then going to force me to cut Lil Jordan Humphrey. I'm not doing that because one of those guys, any of those three guys, I think all three of those guys are better than Devin Asiasi. I think they're better than Dalton Keene. I think they're better than Matt Sokol, right? So it's like, now you're picking, now you're just choosing a guy because he plays a position. Like, I just, that to me doesn't a, make any sense. You need a certain amount of positional depth if you're going to play with two tight ends on the field a lot, but right. you also have a practice squad and that's going to play into this. Exactly. If they think, if they think train, if Trey Nixon shows out, then he probably is not going to get through to the practice squad. You keep him, maybe you cut Ossie Ossie, see if you can bring him back on the practice squad or see if Sokol can do that for you. So if somebody gets hurt, then you can pull right. him up. Vice versa. If we all of a sudden see something from Asiasi that we hadn't seen at all before, exactly. and he goes out, right. scores two touchdowns or something, then it's all right. We're going to keep him, and we're going to find a way to get somebody else to the practice squad. Right. Yep. Exactly. So, all right. So anyway, so that does it for for uh, for this week. Just a few things for you to watch on Friday and on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, with the Panthers, and uh, we'll be back after the game. Not Friday night. I'll be at the game with with my uh, with my oldest daughter, who finally came home from New Hampshire two weeks away. She was gone for two weeks. Uh, she finally came back, and so we are uh, we're we're going to the game Friday night, which will be fun. And then uh, we'll do something probably Saturday. 
uh, just a little recap of the game, what we saw, you know, what what people are talking about, so on and so forth, and then and then we'll go from there. All right, but thank you for listening, guys. For uh, for Matt and me, we appreciate it, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon.